Cleavers Podcast, Thursday, September 14th. Carter Elliott's here. I'm here. And it uh, should be a fun one today. We have things we disagree with. Surprise, surprise. And uh, we have a player's mom mad at us. Also not a huge surprise. How are you feeling, Cart? Oh, you know, I'm feeling all right. Uh, I did wake up and had like the mindset and the feeling that it was Friday and it's only Thursday. So I've been shaking off that that thought for like the last 30-ish minutes. But I'm, I'm good now. I'm feeling really good. It's nice outside. I'm just I got a little little pep to my step now after after waking up a little a little upset. You thought you were gonna see Riley Davis this morning. I did. Turns out you're not. That's I, that's tough. I did. I do. Very I truly, I truly did. So uh, the newsletter has been filed. Carter sent me his portion overnight. I wrote mine about midnight last night. Uh, I will be officially publishing that and getting that out this morning to everybody in the Discord. I've also been putting out basically the whole introduction without the picks to everybody who used to subscribe to our Substack newsletter for free. So I don't know if that's people might say that's clickbaiting. If you're an Illinois fan, I don't think it's clickbaiting. It's just like, here's the free preview with my long, long winded introduction every single week. I want people to read my introduction this week though. You, you got a teaser of it. I want people to read that this week. I, I, it's pretty heat. I must say, and I might be coming from a bias standpoint, but seen a lot of Gregory intros in my life. This one's special. This one's up there. Little behind the scenes backstory to uh, my relationship with Mark D'Antonio, including the first time I ever talked to the man, just me and him in his living room when I was a junior in high school, terrified. So uh, yeah, get, get the newsletter. Also, if you want to read the picks, which you should want to read the picks, we're 16 and six on the season, subscribe to the discord, nine 99 a month. Uh, join the Discord on a desktop, and then you can get on your phone and uh, grow the community with us, the Sleepwalkers community. Cart, let's go to you first. A lot of comments. Good YouTube day for us yesterday. It's it, Weirdly, I meant to say this to you off camera, but it feels like our best YouTube days now are the days where we don't feel good about the topics. That's been a running trend. Like We spent like an hour yesterday being like, we have nothing to talk about, and then two of the videos did really, really well in one day. So I don't know what that means, but do you have a favorite comment of the day? Yeah, I do. And, and as much as I want to keep it going, the fact that we didn't have something that that did not make me feel good that we didn't have anything to talk about. Luckily, it worked out and the views did good, but did not like the place we're in. Uh, I'm actually going to switch it up because I don't think I've seen one of these comments in a long time. And it was a positivity comment. So I want to read that one. This one comes from Ryan183. As an MSU fan, I love the dynamic between you two. You have one person always supporting MSU and then one who's super biased against them. It makes for fun commentary. I'm not sure, but I'm going to guess the guy on the right is a Michigan fan. Not in a bad way. Just the way you talk about MSU gives off that vibe. Good video. What video was that on? Uh, that was on the conference with the best chance to make a Final Four video. Oh, okay. I wasn't super harsh on Michigan State in that one, I don't think. but No, I don't think so. I think you picked Purdue, but you weren't super harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that comment. Yeah, I honestly, uh, it's just an honest statement, an honest assessment of us. But I think, I think it's part of what makes us work is the contrasting rival friendship element. I don't think a lot of podcasts out there have that. I don't think a lot of podcasts out there are willing to have that. Quite frankly, most Michigan State podcasts want Michigan State fan co-hosts, and most Michigan podcasts want the same. 
I do have to I do have to add one bonus comment to this from Will Willian Milligan. There's a one percent chance to pull the best coaches from Utah or Washington. Need to be more realistic with the home run hires and try to get EMU or Washington State level coaches. That's my brother crazy. in my brother in Christ, hold yourself to a higher standard. Eastern Michigan level coaches? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's a crazy comment. I just had to point that out. We don't even have to discuss it. That's just an insane comment. It's crazy. I uh I was going back and listening and just thinking in general because I went out to dinner with I'm gonna name drop now, but I went out to dinner with Terrell's last night. Zach Terrell was Western's quarterback. He's plugged into the football world. He's also plugged into Michigan State. In fact, by the <laughs> while I was about to leave with him after I just finished my margarita, uh, he gets a call from Garrett. You know Garrett, who's on Izzo staff. Uh, be- uh, bearing stool. Yeah, Zach just gets a call from Garrett at dinner. I'm like, do you guys talk daily? <laughs> like, what's going on here? But um, it, we were talking it through, and I threw the DeBoer and Whittingham at him, and uh, he didn't like those. He thought those were not realistic options. So um, I asked him if PJ Fleck would be interested in the job, and he said he would be interested, but only at a price point. So, <laughs> you you're not interested. No more catchphrases. No, no, no more diabolical horniness. Oh, okay. come on. Uh, I, Zach Terrell did offer to be our football correspondent if we ever want him. He said he'd come on the show and give us realistic candidates. If, he gave me one realistic candidate. I can't even remember the name of right now, but uh, it it was great last night when I was half a margarita deep. <laughs> Your first margarita, by the way. Yeah, first one took my margarita virginity yesterday i'm still i don't get the salt i don't understand the salt i mean you can get sugar we talked about this or so if you really want to up your game get tahini on it that's a <laughs> spicy margarita with tahini on the rim i give you credit for not saying tahini on the facetime with me last night you face I, <laughs> I was about to say and i was like there's no there's there's no point <laughs> i saw your your mental gymnastics on that uh, also, yeah, you, you FaceTime me last night to do a little unboxing. We should probably give a quick thank you. Uh, I am overtimed out today. As you can see, I got the overtime hat, overtime hat on overtime shirt on our boy cam hooked us up with the goods cam works for overtime. And, uh, if, if you, you should know overtime if you're a basketball fan, obviously you do know overtime, the company behind overtime elite, but they got some sweet stuff in the works in general. Uh, and you really need to see one shot, the documentary that they've put out. Uh, Sar Thompson, our guy, came through in the overtime circuit and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on our boy Asar. It's awesome. I've only seen a couple of them so far, but it, it's it, it's incredible. It's really, really good. So go yeah, keep and, one shot. And I will say, even though documentaries, of course, are always going to be somewhat leaning towards what they're, you know, what they're on, I still think that it did a, did a great job of showing like the behind the scenes. And you know, you get to see. Some, you know, for guys that follow the grassroots high school basketball scene, you get to really see behind the scenes on some of these guys who are playing for overtime elite. And if you're a Pistons fan, it's a, it's absolutely a must watch because you get to see our young baby star, Asar Thompson, behind the scenes. And just the Thompson twins in general, it's great. And it, it stamped everything I feel like we thought about the Thompson twins. The, the kids just are basketball junkies. Asar is going to be great for so many years. So, Shout out to Cam for sending the gear. Uh, I'm definitely rocking everything he sent for sure. Um, And we appreciate you, bro. 
Yeah, I uh, I highly recommend the one shot documentary series. It is on Prime Video if you want to watch it. So I was sleep on. I was also sleep on overtime's gear. Like I, I'm not wearing mine today. I was gonna wear mine tomorrow for Riley Friday. But just known over the course of the next couple episodes, I got sent some heat, and I will be rocking it. Yeah, that's the thing. People probably think this is all I got. You had like one little nice fit off. Ooh, we got the fit off. No, trust <laughs> me. You don't you don't know the depths of which I've been blessed with. My brothers in Christ. Uh, thank you, Cam. Thank you, Overtime. Fans of the show, apparently. And we're fans of your show as well, so it works out. Let's go to the Discord where we reply to every single comment every single day. A lot of great discussion going on in a lot of different channels. The basketball channel is popping off this morning. People are getting their weekend bets ready. They're ready for the newsletter. We're just going to stick in the comments thread today for the sake of time because we have three topics I think could take a while today. Uh, Fam quoted us from yesterday and said, we a body shaming podcast now. Eat, (laughs) Enjoy Philly fat ass with crying emojis. You stand by that to to Condoroga? Yeah, he stays on my top five list of just like most hated people of all time. Okay. Coy, Coy moves on. He says, Carter, you have to clickbait clip Greg saying Michigan might finish second in the WCC and tag the Gonzaga stands. First off, let's assess where clickbait card is at. A lot of conversations internally and on the podcast yesterday about clickbait cart. Clickbait cart did a, I think a pretty good job yesterday with a, a more positive caption on his quote. The problem is that the positive caption on the video is of a video of me saying, are we sure this guy's good? Which now led to Elliot Kadoff's mom hating me. So we're going to do a whole segment on that, but can I just get a quick statement from hashtag clickbait cart? I'm my own worst enemy. I didn't even try to do it yesterday. I went out of my way to not be clickbait cart and it did nothing but backfire and get a mother commenting on our video and a UNC account with 50,000 followers retweeting the tweet. I mean, I just can't get away from it. You just cannot avoid engagement. That's the truth. I literally, I literally (laughs) clipped it and I was like, oh yeah, I'm calling Kado the best passer in the country. This will be great. Yeah, Greg might have mentioned he's not all in, but they're just gonna t- they're just gonna talk about me talking about <laughs> Elliot Cadeau's the best pastor. No, no one cares. Uh, for the record, I love it. I'm fully willing to step into the fire. You're doing a great job. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But uh, it's just hilarious to me because I know you weren't trying to do that yesterday. It still happened, but hey, it led to some great engagement once again. And Coy, uh, if Carter did clip me saying Michigan might finish second in the WCC and tag Gonzaga stands. Gonzaga fans wouldn't even be offended because Gonzaga thinks that's a diss to St. Mary's and not them when the truth is St. Mary's going to win that league. So it is what it is. You said clickbait card is taking a leave of absence. Is that still true? I feel like you should embrace clickbait card. I mean, I, that, it, that's what, that's what's pushed upon me. I, I, I don't think I have a choice. I don't think I, I don't think I had the ability to clip without clip without clickbaiting anymore. It's good. It's working. That's all I care about. Trevor Salee says, I think it's pretty set in stone that either Michigan State or Purdue will be winning the regular season this year. What record will it take to win it? Purdue was 15 and five last year and won the league by three games. Will it take a better or worse record to win it this year? Mm. I My initial reaction is worse because I think the conference will be better as a whole. What do, what do you think? 
So it's going to take a better record because the other team is there now. Last year, Michigan State wasn't good enough to compete, and Purdue yeah, Purdue could dick around and go fifteen and five. This year, I think Purdue and Michigan State are both well aware of what it takes to do this. I don't think you're going to see a sleepwalky game. I don't think you're going to see Purdue in overtime in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, yeah, I said seventeen and three wins this, and part of that number is I think both these teams finished like. 15 and five at worst, 16 and four more likely. And they only play once and they play in Mackey arena, which is unfortunate, but uh, whoever wins that game has a huge leg up. And I think we'll finish 17 and three and win the big 10. I don't know if I'll be able to handle MSU winning at Mackey. I will not be able to handle you. That's for sure. Tristan says, Greg on Nemhard. He's got to show me. Greg on Kamwa, who averaged a career-high 10.8 points per game and five rebounds at Tennessee as its fourth-best player. He's better than anyone on Gonzaga. He goes on to say Anton Watson is 100% better than Kamwa. Also, I can't smell, so you aren't alone, Greg. Everything smells the same to me, too. <sighs> I feel so much worse about myself after that now. Uh, okay, can, a couple, can couple I, of can I Can I interject, please, Greg? Please, 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 please. Please. It's stop, stop. I just stop. I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear that. Olivier Nkama is a better basketball player than Anton Watson. That is a fact. I don't. I just stop. Stop before you say anything about how he fits into a team. A team. Stop before you say how anything about the culture he fits into. Stop before you say anything about anything. Anything. Olivier Nkama is a better basketball player. Then Anton Watson, it's not up for debate. If you feel that way, you can be wrong and feel that way, but don't expect me to engage because Olivier Nkamwa is a better basketball player than Anton Watson 365 days out of 365 days. I thought that rant was beginning on a note of telling Tristan he should be able to smell. <laughs> That's where I thought that was going. I was blindsided by actual basketball talk. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's as much of a blowout as you seem to, but I appreciate you camping for Michigan's best player here. Tristan also went to Twitter with a poll on this, and the results were comma. And uh, say what you want. I know both Gonzaga and Michigan have, like, online fan bases. That's true. I don't think that poll made its way to Michigan trolls. I think like Gonzaga was all over it. Cause I saw a lot of what are we doing here? Like quote tweets with like Anton's clearly better. I didn't see any of that with Kamwa. So I think the results you got were with Gonzaga fans, like altering this pretty significantly. It was still Kamwa like 60, 40 last that I checked. So um, yeah, I, I don't think Watson is uh, going to be blocking Josh Giddy. I'll just say that straight if up. An, I know if, it was one if, play. if Anton was Finnish, he'd be left at home. <laughs> uh, and the Nemhard stuff, by the way, it's not a Nemhard diss. I just feel like when, when you call Kamwa Tennessee's fourth best player, first of all, that's a lie. He was at worst third, some games first, some games second. Uh, Kamwa was never the reason Tennessee struggled. Nemhard was the reason Creighton had bad moments. And uh, I think Gonzaga is going to need Nemhard in a first option role. Obviously, Michigan's going to need Kamwa in that role, too. They might both struggle in that role. Michigan's going to be a bad team. People think Gonzaga is going to be good. I have my questions and my concerns on that. And then we spent the rest of the comments trying to figure out how to do a poll 
We never figured out how to do a poll. So yeah, we did. <laughs> did we? Yeah, Coy told Coy told us how to. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been unaware. Yeah. Also, shout out to me. I installed the easy poll like Discord bot. So some are saying most improved <laughs> Discord in the of the year award incoming. I can't fathom you figuring out how to install a bot in a discord. I'm just going to skate over this final comment of the day from Travis Nelson. He says a fun exercise. Who is the next great big 10 coach that isn't in the conference currently? I love this question. Ooh, the next. I've, it's cheating to say Shrewsbury. Is it? <laughs> uh, I, you think he's going to come back? I think he's going to come back to Purdue. Whoa, wait a second. You think Micah Shrewsbury is going to take over Purdue? Once Painter's done, yeah. When's Painter going to be done? That's that's to be seen. Wow. Okay. Painter's not going to coach forever. Okay. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, I love that answer. That's a spicy answer. My answer, I think, is Dusty May. I think, think it's Dusty, Dusty. You think Dusty May finds his way to the Big Ten? I think Dusty May will be Indiana's coach at some point. Hmm. Okay. I kind of like that. Yep. I don't know how soon. I don't think it's going to be like within a year, and Dusty might have to job hop before he gets there. But I think uh, I think Dusty's destination job is Indiana. And whenever Indiana is offered, he takes it, and he'll be very good there. Oh, we just missed a layup on this, by the way, too. Who? It's Vic Cronin when UCLA joins next year. <laughs> ah so good all right thanks to the discord as always we appreciate everybody that uh honestly we appreciate everybody that is like investing in us that's what it feels like like these people are like buying into a part of sleepers to be part of this community before hopefully one day it gets bigger but uh it shows a lot of like belief and enjoyment and appreciation for what we do and i really believe in and appreciate it back at you everyone in the discord so thank you uh again link in the description if you would like to join let's get to our three segments today cart let's start with the beef clickbait cart was added again last night uh let's read the the caption word for word actually i want to make sure i don't misquote you here uh carter elliot took a segment from yesterday where we were doing one final four team from each conference. Who's the team most likely to make the final four. And even in the clip, you can see we spend like 30 seconds being like, it's obviously Duke, but me being the decent host that I am tried to prod something out of us and basically said, if it's not Duke, like what are the other options? Even that led Carter to saying he's buying North Carolina stock. Uh, he thinks they'll be better than a lot of people expect. One of his big reasons was Elliot Cadell. I just jumped in. I don't think I was overly harsh, but I just jumped in and said, are we sure he's good? Because I get concerned with reclassifying point guards. And uh, Carter uh, slammed me shut, asserted that, yes, we're good. It's absolutely no no brainer. Elliot Cadell is going to be a great college basketball player. I didn't really even push back on that. I like Elliot Cadell. I think his game's really good. But uh, after seeing this clip get some traction last night, Elliot Cadell's mother made her way into our mentions and wasn't overly quickly, happy with us. Quickly, might I add. Very quickly. The caption you put out said Elliot Cadell could end up being the best passer in the country. That's the caption. Like, where it's a caption in a clip of you praising Elliot Cadell, just with like three seconds of me sprinkling in. Are we sure? 
not even disagreeing with you, just saying, are we sure? Um, and I, I'm trying to find her response here, but right now a lot of people have responded. Uh, oh, yeah, here she is. Michelle yeah. Michelle Cadeau at The Cadeaus. Apparently she's already looking for a Hulu deal. Uh, says, I don't think reclass point guards work ever. Just leaving this here to see show this ages. She meant see how this ages, but um, I don't know. I don't know if she's a North Carolina grad or what. Fake classes may have been a thing in her history. Uh, keeping up with the Cadeaus here, what do you, what do you make of this? Is, is she right? Is Elliot Cadeau's mother right to be upset with us for calling her son the best passing point guard in the country? No. And we talked about this on previous podcast episodes. The level and involvement that these parents have on social media to defend their kids is crazy to me, especially when their kids aren't even getting slandered. I referenced this. One of the best boxers of all time, one of the current best boxers, uh, Bud Crawford, his mother used to pay people to beat his son's ass. And she didn't say she loved him until like a year ago. And he's almost 40. That's the type of parenting that breeds greatness, not seeking out hate. That's what really kills me. Not everyone is going to have a positive opinion you of you, whether it be in life, whether it be in sports, whether it be in anything. I personally, if I was in college and I was like a big Division One basketball player, I would hate if my mother was online just defending me and going at people that she didn't know. That's just that's just not what I would want to do. And also, I don't know if she actually listened to the clip because if she did listen to the clip, she would hear the good things we had to say about her son, but she would also hear the the doubts we have, the very real doubts because of the reclassifying point guard situation that she brought up. So I don't know. I just rather not have my mother online searching my last name and seeking out to defend defend me all the time. It's just it's weird to me. She has to have listened to the clip because if she just read the caption, she would have just retweeted it thinking we were fully praising her son. So she definitely well, then she, well she just put on the blockers then. And only heard the bad. Maybe she flipped it off after I said, are we sure he's good? Um, okay. A couple things. I agree with you. I It's not how I would parent. And it's not how I would want my parents to be. But parents are parents. They're going to do what they want. I don't have a problem with this at all. In fact, I welcome any parent that wants to have a problem with what we're saying and help us with engagement. It's got a bunch ne- of extra North never, Carolina eyes. Never seen Connie or Dave defend you. Never. There, this got a bunch of uh, eyes on our clip from a North Carolina perspective. So thank you, Mrs. Cadell. We appreciate that. Uh, I'm open to a discussion here. I'm open to being wrong with my hesitation. I have no issue on that. And I like, what's this? (laughs) Open invite. If you want to come on. If you want to come on the show, but at the same time, don't step into the Thunderdome unless you have some facts here. Okay. Like if we're doing a me versus Mrs. Cadell, on a debate on should there be concerns over a reclassifying point guard? I like my chances here because her argument is I love my son. That's great. My argument is this. Here's the most recent players that have reclassified. Imani Bates, Nafali Dante, Christian Lander, Marcus Howard, Kylan Boswell, Enoch Boache, Jonathan Aku, Addison Patterson, Michi Johnson, Kira Lewis, Kyra Lewis, sorry, Kyra Lewis Jr., Tyrese Proctor, Joey Baker, Jalen Duran, Devin Askew, Justice Williams, Josh Primo, Chris Smith, Shaden Sharp, Carter Witt, Gigi Jackson, AJ Lawson, Ashton Hagens. There's probably three names that worked out on that list that are guards. Jalen Duran is holding a lot of weight here. Shaden Sharp ended up getting picked pretty well, but outside of Marcus Howard, 
and Kyra Lewis. There's a lot of guards on this list that absolute disasters happened. And Tyrese Proctor was pretty good. He's a huge breakout candidate in year two. Coincidentally, when he would have been a true freshman, if he just waited, uh, he also wasn't good for much of the early parts of last season. And my issue with reclassification is not reclassification across the board. I think especially with big men, reclassifying makes a lot of sense a lot of times. When you're the elite of elite prospects, it, it's a good move. When you're being tasked to come in in a program and be a 30-minute starting point guard on a team with expectations in this current era of college basketball, not five years ago, not when Marcus Howard came in, and was playing against 20-year-olds. You're now playing in the ACC where half these teams are going to be starting 23-year-olds. Like, college basketball is getting older. It's not getting younger. And I'm not saying it can't work, but I'm saying that the point guard position in a role where you got to play 30 minutes and run the show for a team with Final Four expectations is the most difficult thing. It's the most difficult spot any player in the country is going to be tasked with next year. Literally, Elliot Cadeau has the toughest job out of any player in college basketball next season. And I like his game. He's a gifted passer. He's a historically great passing prospect. It's hard to go back 10 years and find someone you think has a better facilitation gene than Elliot Cadeau. But it might not translate because it's not just your physical gifts when you are a reclassifying 18-year-old to play college basketball against 23-year-olds in the COVID era. It's how do you process the game? It's can you manage personalities around you? Are you running the show? Are you getting the right guy's shots? And Lord knows this North Carolina team has had issues with guys being upset that they're not getting the ball when they deserve their ball. So look, I like him. He's an upgrade from Caleb Love. I like North Carolina's chances because love is gone and because Cadeau is in. I would like it way more if we could fast forward a year and Elliot Cadeau was his true freshman age at this point. That's all I'm saying. And I hope he proves me wrong. But again, if you are going to call this out and say like bookmarked this, let's revisit in four months. And your argument is just, I love my son. I like my chances in that argument. You just been Thunderdome, Mrs. Cadeau. <laughs> I don't know why no. I went with the Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you went with that either. Let's throw that away immediately. Um, <laughs> the the one the one thing I'll say to go against that is that I actually am on board with the whole reclassification thing that you just stated. Like it's it's a it's technically a proven. You know, you have a large enough sample size to make that judgment that reclassification, especially with point guards, just doesn't work out well. Uh, that that history shows that the one thing I think will make it easier on Kado is that one, he's not a younger guy. He's a guy who should have been, this should have been going into his freshman year uh, for whatever reason, he was in a class below. So he was basically moving into the class he was supposed to be in. I mean, he's going to be 19. I think he's already 19. He might be 20 by the, by the end of his freshman he's year, a, he's a reclassifying point guard that's going to be twenty. I don't, I don't know. I got, I got to check that and uh, make sure, check the facts on that. But I know that he's nineteen. Like he's not a, a, a he's like a normal freshman. That's what he is. So um, that combined with the fact that I think his passing ability with who is around him, I think will work really well. And I'm just obviously a big fan of his. I know you're a big fan of his too. So um, like if we, if you put 
if you made me make a decision on if Ellie Cadeau is going to have a successful freshman year and not fall into that tough year for freshman, you know, uh, reclassification point guards, I would I would bet on the other side of that. I think that his passing ability and the pieces around him are going to make it easier for him to separate. And he has a lot of older guys around him too. I think to help him out, like Cormac, obviously older. Mondo older, RJ Davis older, Harrison Ingram older has a lot of older pieces around them. It's just how Hubert puts it all together and how they put it all together as a team. Was Kyra Lewis a point guard? Uh, yeah, I you consider him a point, point guard, guard in college. Yes. And yeah. I know, like he's sort of. I think I feel like he's taken on that role in the NBA. But he was a point guard at his time in college. To you? Yeah. Okay, I was going to push back on that a little, but I'll let it slide. Okay, point guards from my list. Reclassification grades. Christian Lander fail. Marcus. Okay, but also I'm gonna give a thumbs up to that these guys were young when they came in the college. Like Christian Lander was a 17 year old freshman. He should have been a senior in high school. Christian Lander failed. Marcus Howard's success, but this was 10 years ago. Again, when you're not playing 24 year olds. Kylan Boswell. We're giving that a thumbs up. I'm saying I'm saying he was a guy who was younger and reclassed up like he should have been Boswell, a senior in high school Boswell I know he came on late again as most of these guys do because looky oh, oh my god they're coming out when they should have been freshmen instead of when they should have been at prom like he was bad for the first two months of the season Michi Johnson fail Kyra Lewis win Tyrese Proctor to be determined I guess win but if he's if he's good in year two does that really count as a reclass yeah, I, I guess uh, I'll lean win. Devin Askew, horrible. Carter Witt, horrible. Ashton Hagens, fail. Okay, like, <laughs> so we're, we've got two and a half wins out of nine there at the point guard position. So I, I guess shouldn't have said it has never happened. It rarely happens. Okay, Mrs. Cadell, it rarely happens. Your son is special. He is. Nobody's denying that. We'll see if he delivers on uh, his promise to do what most reclassification point guards cannot do. Thanks for being in our mentions. And hello, North Carolina fans. If you're watching this video somehow, uh, you should come back for Riley Fridays where Riley Davis joins the show and he's a huge North Carolina fan. Let's move to our conference. The Big Ten's top 25 players list from inside the hall and UM Hoops continues. This has been a, a, a fun discourse this week i would say i appreciate the undertaking these guys have uh taken on with this project and as the list continues i think it gets more interesting because it's a big mess between 16 and 25 16 and 50 like you could you could really name 25 guys that weren't on the list and uh kind of be like well, this is gross this year you knew who the top 15 were going to be for the most part, except for one name that's not here that we're going to do a whole segment on after this segment today because we're so fired up about it. But uh, now that we have 15 through six, the next two drops have been revealed and we can assume we know who the top five are. Let's do uh, a quick check in on how we feel about this list. So I'm going to read you 15 through 11, followed by 10 through six. That is the latest drop that has come out from inside the hall and UM Hoops is Big 10 top 25 players. Number you know 15. I've already seen these, right? Yes, but I'm going to read them for those right. that are watching this video that I'm, haven't I'm seen. I'm saying because I am a subscriber. Oh, all right. 15. AJ Store, Wisconsin. 14. Dawson Garcia, Minnesota. 13. Peyton Sanford, Iowa. 12. Kise Tomanaga, Nebraska. 11. 
Ace Baldwin Penn State into the top 10. Number 10, Zed Key, Ohio State. Number nine, AJ Hogard. Number eight, Olivier Kamwa. Number seven, Coleman Hawkins. And number six, Cliff Amorier, Rutgers. Over to you, Cart. What do you make of 15 through six? Well, 15 through 11. I think I'd rather take the group that's that's 16 through 25 over the players they named in that group, to be honest with you. Like, A.J. Store is above guys like Bruce Thornton. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm an A.J. Store guy, but... A.J. Store above like, a siege Uh, I, pro- I probably would put... I th- I'm pretty high on A.J. Store, but I'm also falling for the, the classic, like, end-of-the-year run. You know, Indiana fans can relate to that. They're still running off the Xavier Johnson Big Ten tournament hope two years ago. But um yeah, I I I just can't see AJ Store being above even guys like Jay Nakins. Like Jay Nakins is better than AJ Store. I I hate to go back to Michigan State guys on this list, but um there's also some players I think are a little bit too it was Cliff at six. Cliff was at six, yeah. Cliff is Cliff at six. I believe Cliff was in their top five a year ago. And then really he, he kind of underwhelmed and now he's he's at six this year. Hmm. I guess they're expecting a really big uh you know jump out of Cliff. Uh, you know, I wish I would have been able to read like the act because I know you get to see everything as far as their thought process and kind of like a little blurb on where they're coming from and what they're factoring in. Um, I don't know if they truly are applying that to all players, though, if like defense is a part of things, because, you know, you put Kise at what, 11 is what they have him at 12. He's at 12. Kise can't check you with all due respect. He's he's a he's a bad defender. Really, really bad, both physically and actually defending. Oh, I. I you know, I might just be not being able to process it in my head. But I don't know if I want to be a fan of a conference where Peyton Sanford's the 12th best player. I just think everybody's flipping the wrong Iowa player here. I have no issue if Sanford's 23rd. But like if if you're going Iowa's first option deserves to be 13th, it's Tony Perkins and not Peyton Sanford. Or McCaffrey. Yeah, if McCaffrey was a lock to be healthy, I think I'd agree with that too. Wait, is, oh, wait so Pat McCaffrey's not on this list, is he? He was in the honorable mentions. Oh, he was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like Sanford. Sanford's a fine player. Like, I don't want to disrespect him too much because he's nice. I wish my team had him. I wish your team had him. Like, he's good. But I don't think Sanford's ever going to be like the first option at Iowa. And Iowa's really good with making first options all Big Ten guys, sometimes all American guys, sometimes National Player of the Year guys. They've been great at doing that long before Luca Garza even got to Iowa City. And I don't think that's Sanford. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be that guy because you have to run him like Rip Hamilton stuff to get him a shot. And as good as Fran is at running stuff for his guys, I don't think that's how he wants to do it. I think he's a complimentary guy. I think he's a secondary guy to Tony Perkins, who you just give the ball to. And he he makes stuff happen. Like, and I know people like to make fun of Tony Perkins, but as a second option last year, like he was scoring 12 and five and five, like, that's as a second option. Make him the first option. What does that look like? It probably is a pretty significant leap in a way. I don't think Sanford would take one. So, um, but I, I don't know, man. I, 
do you think Hawkins over Kamwa is correct? Yes, but you know how I feel about I'm I'm a I'm Hawkins bandwagon stand. I think that I think Hawkins is gonna have a big year. This is a pro Coleman Hawkins show. Uh I think that's the one a lot of people are going to have problems with. And Coleman is closer to the NBA than Kamwa is on paper. Um, but I think Kamwa has been a better college basketball player, at least last season, than Coleman was. And maybe there's time for that to change. But talent's never been the issue for Coleman. It's just turning that talent into productivity. Um, it's just, it's, it's interesting because like... <sighs> Zed Key is the tenth best player in this conference, man. Are is Zed Key even starting for Ohio State? Are we positive? See, that, see that's an, that's that's another thing. If we, if we do the same exercise we do with Iowa, if we're picking Ohio State players to be on this list, I would put Bruce Thornton ahead of Zed Key. I put Felix Akpara ahead of Zed Key. I put Scotty Middleton ahead of Zed Key. Like so, Akpara Akpara was not in the honorable mentions even which I think is a total miss from them. Middleton was in the honorable mentions. Thornton and Battle were both in the 1920 range, I think, 1920. So, um, yeah, I, I just think this is a miss eval on the part of UM Hoops and inside the hall, and those guys do great work. I've praised them a ton this week, but uh, I don't think Zed Key is going to start at Ohio State. I think Akpara is. We saw it up close and personal last year, multiple times. <laughs> we we drove our asses around this whole state. And one of my biggest takeaways at the end of the year was, man, Akpar is coming along. He looked like a totally different guy at the end of the conference season than he did when we saw him earlier in the conference season. And uh, look, Zed Key would be great if you could turn injuries off. You just can't. And I don't want, I'm not wishing injury on anyone. I'm not at all. He supposedly is healthy. He got cleared to play the start of this season. That's great. He played two months of last season banged up. He was trying to power through. It hurt Ohio State that they were trying to play him through injury. And he has so many miles on him as a player right now. It's just hard for me to see him coming back to the fully healthy guy that he is. And it was hard last year when they wanted him to be like the face of that team in the front court. This year, I think they want Akpar to have a bigger role. So if you're choosing between this blossoming sophomore that shows a lot of promise and has the higher ceiling versus the, I don't know how old Zed Key is at this point. Is he a fifth-year guy? Fifth-year guy coming off of major injuries? Like, are you really going to even consider the banged-up guy if he gets banged up? Like, the moment he gets banged up, I think it's just we're going to Akpara in a way it wasn't last year. So uh, I know Dylan's counter-argument, we spent a lot of time arguing in the in the UM Hoops forums yesterday, but, like, the counter-argument... The counter argument, shut up. The counter argument was uh, Zed Key is basically a 14 and eight guy. He's never averaged 10 points a game in a season in his entire career. And we're we're writing him up as he's basically a 14 and eight guy because for five weeks, that's what he averaged before, again, his injuries blew his season away. Like the guy can't stay healthy. And even when he has stayed healthy, he's never averaged 10 points a game. He's not a 14 and eight guy. He's not a top 10 player in this conference. He's not even a top 25 player in this conference. And wow. he, he's not Ohio State's center. <laughs> like, I'll I'll take any bets you want. He's not starting for this team the first conference game of this season. So, and it's rare. Like, they've been doing this list for years, man. It's rare that there's one I think they missed that hard on. And, like, if you throw him in at 25, I'm not complaining super loud about it. 
but at 10 with the the name they left off this list absurd to me yeah and you know i know i'm contradicting myself which huh for for those who have carter contradicting himself under bingo card when they listen to sleepers episodes go ahead and fill that in it's damn near a free space at this point um i personally and state this you've already stated it we're a coleman podcast i would have in Kamwa above coleman and i would probably have him above cliff as well I would. I, would. So, yeah. I, I I think there's just a little bit too much the idea of what Cliff can do. And at this point, when is the idea going to become what it actually is? Yeah, I'm good with that. I don't think there's like an offensive leap for Cliff ever that some thought maybe he can like get it back to the basket game. Like, eh, I, I don't I don't think it, I don't think it's there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's there. And the and the, also because I don't think it's there his ceiling is going to depend on if he, because he could be the classic guy who wants to show people what she wants to show NBA people that he can have a back to the basket move or he can shoot it. And it just completely backfires when all he needs to do is be a rim protector, a rim runner and dunk everything that is around the rim. And you'll be, you'll be, you'll be great. You'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, Hogar ninth. It's my last thing I want to ask you on. Are you happy with that spot? I'm I'm okay with that spot. Where would you have him? I think ninth is right about where I'd have him. Maybe like I, I, I somewhere between seven. seven and somewhere between seven and nine. Okay. Somewhere between. Wait, hold on a second. So, I'm trying to think. So top five, obviously. I mean, it hasn't released yet. We can get it'll be Edie in no order. Edie, Tyson Walker, Terrence Shannon Jr., Jameer Young, Boo Booey. Yep. Which is the right top five? I'm happy with them. I uh. I thought they would mess up the top five because Dylan is not a Jameer Young guy. Um, so I, I thought they were going to like flip Kamwa or somebody stupid over one of those guards. So I'm happy they landed on the top five. It should be a no-brainer consensus top five. I I really struggle to think there's any way anybody outside of that top five breaks in. See, Cliff needs to be moved back. I, 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 would, I would have AJ above Cliff. I think outside of five, I forget who my actual list. I think I had Coleman and AJ at six and seven, and I don't remember who was who. I think I like that. I think those are the two guys close. Like if we were, if you were going to say who's the one person outside of the top five that cracks the top five, who would you bet on? Got to be one of those two, right? Coleman or AJ? Yeah, or in Kamala. Or I guess Kamala. I think it's I would I would bet on Coleman out of that group, followed yeah, by AJ. I'd, followed I'd probably by go AJ. Okay. Or this guy, who is our third topic of the day, because I'm so baffled by the fact that he's not on this list. We can just flat out say it at this point. Braden Smith did not make inside the hall or UM Hoops's top 25 list. And I should Anything. say and not or they Anything. did it together. Braden Anything. Smith did not make the top 25 players in the Big Ten list. He is not on the honorable mentions either. <laughs> and I guess I bet their response would probably be, well, you're just nitpicking. Like anybody could have made the honorable mention. Then put him in the honorable mentions. <laughs> like no if, that, if your response is, well, we could have put, we could have put anybody there. Then put him there. Let me, uh, uh, can I, can I go off for a minute on this? The floor is yours, my friend. Okay. I think the presumption that Purdue has less players in the top 25 
plus honorable mentions than like six other teams in this conference is completely asinine. And the the answer I got when I raised this in comments to these guys was, well, maybe we should have included Braden Smith, but Purdue's really just Edie. Come on. We've done this before. We we we've spent all offseason talking about this. I wholeheartedly disagree with this. I if you want to go back and watch our thoughts on this from a month ago, we said Purdue would probably be a top 10, 15 team in the country if Zach Eady wasn't here. I stand by that because when you have two freshmen that started every game and played really high level ball for three months of the season, becoming sophomores, those guys are gonna get better. Trey Kaufman Wren looks like a monster right now. Miles Colvin's really good. Caleb first is as solid as it comes. Like you can go down the list, like all these teams, like Indiana, Purdue has like three guards that would be Indiana's second best guard at worst, maybe best guard on a bad Xavier Johnson day. Purdue has three guys who would be Michigan state's best center. They're so balanced. They are so deep and Painter's been crushing it. Like they've got like 10 top 100 guys. It's who they are at this point. And Edie's the national player of the year, but writing off everybody else because they don't have the production because they're playing next to a guy who gets 24 and 12 in his sleep is just absurd. If the goal of this list is to list the 25 best players, you're you're smarter than that. Like you can watch Purdue play basketball and realize that some of these guys on bad teams who have better numbers aren't better than Braden Smith. And uh, I I thought he was going to be in the 10th spot. Like I was predicting who the 10 would be after the 20 through 25 through 11. I thought I had a lock on this. I thought it was obvious. Braden Smith was in the Zed key spot and Zed key was off the list. Get pushback. Nope. Braden's off. Okay. Let me try and follow the thought process of this. Uh, they had Fletcher lawyer 21st insane to have lawyer ahead of Smith. If you're expecting one of these two guys to break out, it's Smith for a couple reasons. One, Smith there has no competition. There's nobody. If Smith struggles, there's no one on Purdue that they're going to put in the game to play point guard over Braden Smith. If Fletcher Lawyer's missing shots, Miles Colvin's going to slide down to the two. Or there's a bunch of other guys that can play that position. And Lawyer was horrendous at the end of the year. I still would have him on my list, but Lawyer was bad at the end of the year. He was worse than Braden Smith at the end of the year. And the reason I'm getting for Braden Smith being off the list is, well, his end of the season was pretty bad. He was bad. The two Indiana games I watched is what the inside that all guys told me. So I just, I, I think everyone's asleep on this guy. I, I think if you watched him in the overseas trip, obviously he wasn't there, but he looks like a totally different guy. He has the ball on a string. He was averaging like 11 and a half assists in those games. It, it was his team. And I think it can still take a step forward to being his team while it's Zach Eady's team. Like it's, it's the two of these guys team. Braden Smith's a killer. If you put him in Doug McDaniel's position, Michigan's better. And I I'm the biggest Doug guy on the planet. If you put him on Wisconsin in Chucky Hepburn spot, Wisconsin's, if you, you can go down the list of any of these teams, except for the top three guards in the conference, and they will get better with such a pass first guy who, Oh, by the way, shot really well from three last year. He needs to shoot it more, but like he shot well from three. He shot well from free throw. He was efficient as hell. His assist to turnover rate was stupid. Like what am I missing on why Braden Smith is not on this list? You're not missing anything. You're not missing anything. I think that if at worst, 
you could make an argument against you on where he's at on the list. So there could be, I would listen to an argument and be like, Braden Smith shouldn't be 10. I'm willing to listen to that. Him not being in the top 25 is, it's, it's a miss. It's wrong. It's wrong. You, you missed. It's wrong. Um, I I, I don't know if maybe they're trying, I don't know, maybe the, they're trying to like rile up Purdue fans or something like that. Cause that's the only reason I could think of them like leaving, leaving him off. Breaking news. I just went back to look because I was going to read the list of names that uh, were also considered. They have retroactively added Braden Smith without marking that it was retroactively added. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah, Julian Reese, Patrick McCaffrey, Malik Hall, Deshaun Harris-Smith, Dante Scott, Kalel Ware, Chucky Hepburn, Scotty Middleton were the names also considered originally. I just think like, man... <laughs> At some point, you got to give credit for like just being the engine of a good team, right? And I know Edie's the engine. Okay, fine. Then like Braden Smith's the steering wheel if Edie's the engine, right? Like, yeah, I want to I, I want to send out a personal challenge to everyone this year, and I think that you should really watch Purdue without coming into the mindset that everything they do is with Edie. Like, I don't, we shouldn't be downgrading players and what they do or what they can do because they have to play with the national player of the year. What is Braden Smith supposed to do? Not pass the, not pass the ED. That's honestly what makes Braden Smith even greater to me is that I think as a freshman, a true freshman, he had the true self-awareness and the wherewithal to know that I'm playing with Zach ED. This, this is going to be pretty sweet for me. I'm going to make my free throws. I'm going to make the shots I have, and I'm going to dump it into the 7-4 Canadian monster down low. That works for me. That'll be sweet. If you we're, – we're some of the biggest Bruce Thornton guys probably on this podcast or in the, in the, in the sports space. Uh, you could really make an argument that Braden Smith should be above Bruce Thornton. To me, he had a better freshman year than Bruce Thornton. Bruce Thornton came on stronger late. Braden Smith maybe faltered down the stretch a little bit, but consistently throughout the year, Braden Smith was better than Bruce Thornton. And I like Bruce Thornton too. So leaving him off the top 25 list is just to quote you asinine. Yeah. uh, Braden Smith has as many 20 point games in his career as Zed Key had last season, by the way. So if, if we're if we're banking on Zed Key being this bona fide scorer and Braden Smith's just a role player, he Zed Key being Zed Key being at ten's eating you alive. It's absurd. Uh, can I read some game logs for you on Braden Smith and we can wrap this up? Yeah. Uh, his third game of his career, twenty points, three and two against Marquette in a win, fourteen seven and five against Gonzaga in a win, thirteen seven and nine against Florida State, ten twelve and four against Davidson 16 six and four against Ohio State 15 seven and six against Penn State 10 five and four against Nebraska 19 seven and seven against Minnesota 24 five and four against Iowa 18 three and three against Maryland how is this guy not on the list man this is who he was the entire season these guys cover the conference or they claim to and the, the second best player on the best team in the conference isn't even in their list of 33 names. I like these guys. I, I subscribe to their content. I don't understand this. It's, it's such an oversight. I'm doing mental gymnastics on it. 
And uh, I'm, look, I guess I'm glad they retroactively added him. I guess maybe retroactively put him at 10. and The list would probably be a little better. Uh, okay. Let's God. God dang, man. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from this. Let's do one big thing presented by Bigby. I'm not even caffeinated today. I just put in an A plus performance. What's uh, what's your one big thing? Okay, first of all, get yourself some caffeine. One day it was enough. My one big thing I'm going to put on my Karen hat today. It annoys me when people, you know, you know, you have trash day. You take out your trash cans. Obviously, recycling. They pick it up, and then you're supposed to bring it back inside. Okay, people, when you put out your trash and you put out your recycling, don't leave it as decor for another day or two. Trash and recycling day is over. Bring in your cans. I wasn't able to pull into my driveway or park on the street the other day because Susie Lynn didn't bring in her recycling cans. And trash day was about two days ago. Bring in your cans, especially if it's going to mess up me parking after I just had a tough day of hoops at Lawson Park. Okay. It didn't sit well with me. Bring in your damn recycling and trash cans. I feel like that was a pointed shot at me because my trash is out in the in the driveway still right now. It, it, when was your trash day last night so okay. i don't i don't even know okay. if i'm coming taking the trash yeah, no no you're, no 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 you're good but if i yeah. if it's still there friday afternoon we need to have that talk okay all right i'll uh i'll send you a picture when i move it so uh there's some news that uh did you see that viral video of the guy escaping prison yeah, like a week ago, and I think he's been out for two weeks, fourteen days or so. They finally got him. I have a, a a thing I strongly believe. If you escape prison, you should get to stay out of prison. Greg, he killed somebody once he got out of prison. That's horrible. That's sad. That's awful. I'm not condoning murder. Our prison systems have to be better. I, like, who are we holding accountable here right now? If you escape. Maximum security prison. I think you've done your job, man. Like, I just think it is what it is. Like, that's that's a round of applause. That's a that's a kudos. You got us this time, Bucko. Like, he's a murderer. I'm not condoning murder. (laughs) I'm I'm condoning our police systems do a better job. That's all. That's all. All right, Uh, (laughs) man. Have a great day. Riley Friday will be tomorrow. Riley Davis will join the show. Join the Discord. We'll see you tomorrow.